Hello, everyone. Welcome to this episode of Eyes on Earth. We're a podcast that focuses on our ever-changing planet and on the people here at Eros and across the world who use remote sensing to monitor and study the health and well-being of Earth. I'm your host, Steve Young. Today's guest is John Dwyer, Chief of the Science and Applications Branch here at Eros, which is also known as the Earth Resources Observation and Science Center. We're located right out of Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and we're talking today about Eros' connection to the explosion of the Chernobyl nuclear power plant in the Ukraine on April 26, 1986. Welcome, John. Hi, Steve. Thank you for having me. So back in 1986, Landsat-5 is orbiting the planet. At what point after the reactor explodes did we realize that Landsat had acquired an image of the burning reactor? This was kind of an interesting situation because um, at the time we were doing support for another federal agency looking um, to monitor vegetation conditions around the world, especially in agricultural regions. And the Soviet Union was always uh, kind of a target of interest to understand what was going to be the status of their crops, wheat, and that kind of thing. Well, we happen to have one of um, their personnel on site, and I think he received a phone call about it um, that they had, through other means, knowledge that this may have happened. And obviously that initiated a chain of inquiry. It's like, okay, could have we acquired any imagery over the area? When would be the next time we could, et cetera? Landsat 5 then just happened to be going over at a, at a good time? It, just was, fortunate. it was a bit serendipitous, yeah. When we found out that we did, in fact, have an image from Landsat 5, did it get exciting out here at Eros? Or? Oh, yeah, the pace picked up uh, quite a bit with things. Um, you know, we had, uh, like I said, I, I can't remember. I wasn't involved in all aspects of it, but... We did have an acquisition real close, if not just shortly after that. And we were able to get the data uh, sent to us. Uh, back then, I was a senior data analyst. Uh, you know, myself and others were responsible for getting read into our systems, looking at it. And, of course, you know, the first instinct is to look at the thermal data because that's where you're going to see heat signatures. But, you know, it's quickly evident that the pixels were saturated because of the intensity of the phenomena. And then looking at other band combinations, when we started looking at the shortwave infrared, the physics drives some of this because as the temperature increases, the peak emissivity shifts to shorter wavelengths. So what we thought we'd detect in the thermal, we then picked up in the shortwave infrared. And because those bands were at 30 meters as opposed to the 120-meter thermal data, it started to be a fairly sharp discrimination. And so we could actually see the exact pixel or two that on the reactor complex that were affected. The other thing that we were able to do is that adjacent to the power generating facility was the cooling ponds. And so under normal operations, you'd see warmer water you know, flow out from the complex circulate, and then cooler water come in. So we did have uh, looked at some pre-incident images, and so you could see that circulation pattern. And then shortly after that, where the water is a uniform temperature, which is a clear indication that operations were shut down. 
So you have a number of uh, aspects as a convergence of evidence, so to speak, you know, with actually have, have not having boots on the ground, so to speak. We, we determined that we have this image, and, and it's here at Eros. Did uh, that 15 minutes of fame come to roost here in Eros? Did people start hearing about this place and wonder well, what's going it, on? it did, and obviously inquiries were coming in, probably from other federal agencies as well as the news media in terms of, okay, we hear you guys operate these things called Landstat. Do you guys have imagery? What can you see? And that kind of stuff. Our center director at the time, Al Watkins, was really handling all of that, you know, communication with the other agencies and the media. But it did result in a CBS news truck coming out one night for a live interview and feed. And, you know, they interviewed Al. They brought their camera crew into the data analysis lab. You know, I showed the images on the monitors. You know, they filmed that, you know, and that was our claim to fame. And it probably was an incident that really did bring satellite remote sensing a little bit more into the public front. I mean, it had never been hidden, but it wasn't something the average person was aware of. I mean, today, you know, imagery from Google Earth, whether it be satellite, aircraft, whatever, is ubiquitous, right? But, you know, keep in mind, 1986, personal computers were just coming online, so... You um, are perhaps known by friends, colleagues in the community as somebody who worked at Eros. When Al Watkins is on CBS talking about what we have here at Eros, does that filter down to you and the way people react to you in the community after they after that happened? I did have a funny incident. I was a member of the YMCA, and um, a couple days after that, you know, I was walking in and— um, you know, there's a TV room there in the men's locker room. People are watching the news. And I guess they must have seen the, the news clip at some point. But at that point, all eyes kind of followed me as I walked through. And one person sheepishly asked, do you work at Arrows? And what do you guys do out there? So, I mean, it was funny. But, you know, I told them we don't do classified work. So it sounds like this is a fairly significant validation of an important event in global history, this image we had. Does the Aeros Archive include other significant images through time? And if so, can you give us some examples? Well, I'm sure it does. Um, the, um, the first Gulf War is an example when uh, Iraqis were uh, burning the Kuwaiti oil fields. I mean, we captured that big time, stark imagery that you could see not only the smoke from the flames, but over time, the residue that lands on the soil, you know, from the hydrocarbons. So there's a number of things like that. You know, the value of the Landsat Archive is that the effort to continuously, comprehensively image the Earth's land masses enables us to look at changes over time. Uh, looking at imagery over the Aral Sea, for example, we can see how drawdown of the lake due to water consumption exposes soils. And in that area, a lot of those salts and things have some health issues associated with them. Wildfires, that's become a ubiquitous tool for mapping wildfires every year. The extent of damage from flooding, uh, hurricanes, tsunamis. A lot of that. Uh, Landsat is always called on to look at response to natural and human disasters. And that's what the Landsat satellites were designed to do. Basically a global monitoring tool.
We've been talking to John Dwyer, the Science and Applications Branch Chief at Eros, about the center's role in helping to validate the Chernobyl nuclear power plant explosion back in 1986. Been a very interesting conversation, John. Thank you. Uh, Thank you, Steve. We hope you come back for the next episode of Eyes on Earth. This is a podcast that is a product of the U.S. Geological Survey, Department of the Interior. Thanks for joining us.